Hi everyone and welcome to Hemi Weston's Old Mate, the podcast, episode two. I'm your host Stuart and today you'll hear me chat with Erwin, a French greenkeeper working in Germany. Erwin has been very open with his battle uh, with bipolar disorder. Today you will hear Erwin talk about the various stages of mania associated with this disorder. He has shown great strength talking about this and great enthusiasm for his fleet of robot mowers across all of his social media platforms. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I did recording the episode. Thanks. Erwin, good evening. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you, sir? Good and you? Well, good. <laughs> Just good. <laughs> good, excellent. Yeah, I'm well. I'm a bit. I'm a bit tired. Uh, six holes of golf after work. I'm a bit worn out. I just finished work, so I have dinner that time. You know, like that's that bad time when you stop doing something, then you just get knocked down. I'm yeah. still. I'm still on the on the rush. No, it's fine. <laughs> have you managed to have something to eat? Not at all, but it's fine. You'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, Erwin, thank you very much for joining me. Firstly, um, this is episode number two of my podcast, so you're you're the second distinguished guest, uh, and you're doing well, which is good. So, thank you. Um, <laughs> if uh, if I could just ask you to just to to quickly introduce yourself, Erwin, uh, if if you could just uh, who you are, where you are, and what you do, really. Hi, I'm Erwin Lecoq. Uh... I'm in North Germany, but as soon as I'm French, and uh, I'm 25, and I'm a... Excellent. And and how long have you been in Germany, Erwin? I've been in Germany for three and a half years now. Three and a half years. And you, so you, you did your other greenkeeping in France at home, so to speak? So it all started when I was uh, at school in France. So at 13, yeah. I started turf school. It was a practical learning, so half of the year in, in at work and half of the year at school. I did five years of them, so I graduated there, and then I directly got a, a job as assistant course manager at the world's most exclusive golf course in France. And Excellent. then, uh, yeah, and then uh, from there I I did three years. I decided to move mostly because of the illness, and then so I moved to Belgium to a great opportunity. Yeah. where I was uh, self-employed and I was looking after two golf courses and I was looking after the team, uh, trying to teach them how to achieve higher quality. Excellent. And then, uh, and then, you know, when you come from a big golf course like I did, working yeah. in a small golf course was complicated, so I wanted to move to a bigger golf course. And then uh, and then Winston Golf sent me uh, an offer. They were like, hey, we got a job here when I could join. I Googled it and I was like, I'm coming right now. <laughs> yeah, book me on the next flight. <laughs> or on the car. I take my car. I drive 21 hours and I was there. Oh, okay. And um, obviously you're speaking fantastic English. Uh, and you you had to learn German, German when you got there then? I still try to learn German. Uh, so I speak French and English. Uh, but yeah. my German is terrible. Uh, very, very bad. <laughs> well, if it's anything like your English, I'm sure it's not that bad. Uh, oh no, it's not. <laughs> um, so, so I mean, that's 
That's brilliant. And you say you've been in Germany for, for how long now? Three years now? Three and a half, yeah. Three and a half. So are you able to... Are you able to talk us through Winston Golf a little bit? Can you give us a, a little background as much as you're allowed to? Sure. Um, so Winston Golf is a golf resort with it's 200 hectares. There's three courses. So two times 18, 18 hole and one time a short nine par three. Um, he, he opened in 2020 and 2000 with the Winston Open. Yeah. And then um, so it's like a parkland, but with less trees. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, sort of. And then in 2009, they started the construction of the Winston Links, and it was finished in 2011. And it's an inland course, but it's called the Links, but you know, you get the design. And then yeah. uh, it's a 100% man main Links course. They had to move 1.3 million cubic meters just to build the course. So it was a mammoth <laughs> job. Crikey. Uh, and then there's the. There's the park or the, the park tree that was built in, two, in 2000 as well. But when yeah. they built the Lynx course, they had to destroy it to make a new one. So they built another one in 2011. Okay. So, so it's been a huge project over the years then. Oh, it is. And then it kind of never really stopped because we just finished a five months renovation of all the bunker on the open course. So, you know, yeah. once you finish something, you always have something else to do. <laughs> I think that's the girl. That's the turf industry for sure, Erwin. Uh, yeah, I know. In my experience, uh, when I was in the Czech Republic working on a new build, I think they they had no experience of golf, and they they thought they'd just build a golf course, but it actually took them seven years to just buy the land from when they decided, and at a further four years to build it. So it took them eleven years, and I think they thought it might take them eighteen months. If, when they had the idea, but it's not it's not quite as simple as that, is it? It's not, it's not it's that that quite presume the turf industry too. Yeah. Um right, so I've I've got some notes in front of me here, Owen. So we just sort of uh we'll just run through it a little bit. So if you could if you could just give us um sort of a quick description of the German climate. I mean for someone like me I I would I'm not knowing Germany too well, but I would say are you a little bit warmer in the summer, but then colder in the winter. Would that be fair to say? So we are quiet in the in the land. So we have like a, a warmer climate and a colder climate than you. In summer, it can get up to 36 degrees and very, very wow. dry. And then in winter, it can get to minus 20 if it's a good winter. It can be even worse. Um, wow! Yeah, I mean, that's and the rainfall. I mean, I have... The rainfall is very, very low. We got six hundred millimeter every year. Ah, so you rely on the irrigation system a lot, a lot. And uh, oh right, okay. And you draw your irrigation from on the land, or you draw it from the main from the main water supply for the for the town and stuff. No, we got multiple borehole for the water. So oh, we okay. we, oh, we have a restriction on how many liter we can pump every year. Yeah. Okay. I mean that's a headache in itself, isn't it? I know, I know our irrigation tech at work and and my head greenkeeper, uh, managing the water is becoming a, a full time job really, especially after the summers we've had, sort of 2018 in particular over here where it was like the desert where we are down in Sandwich. It was, it was quite terrible. I had a, had a lot of greenkeepers pulling their hair out and praying for rain. 
Yeah, yeah, I remember that period. It was absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, excellent. Uh, so if uh, so, you're obviously you're in charge, so to speak, now. I remember. Um, what is what's your favorite job? If you if you could go out and do any job when you're on the golf course, what would you like to go out and do the best? Uh, that's a very tough question. Uh, between spraying and the broker. Yeah. I, uh, I I love spraying. Yeah. I spray almost everything here, and then is is my yeah. is my own time. You know, I'm alone. I have my music. Uh, I go at my pace. But I have to say, the pro core is it's twice in a year. That's the job. That's the job. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I think if if I uh, if I went to a new golf course and could only buy one piece of equipment, I think the pro core would be the first bit of yeah. gear that I bought. I think it's it's invaluable nowadays. It is. Uh, what's, what's your favorite it, job? It, uh, for me, I, I've always liked cutting the aprons and the approaches. I've spent a lot of time doing it. Um, I do a lot of time cutting the rough now, uh, so it might you might get the impression I quite like sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's but, yeah, part I of always, the job. Yeah, I always uh, I've worked in a few sort of uh, a parkland course where we used to do a lot of striping. So you know, you sort of you sort of get you like to display it well and show it off you know when it's at its best um so yeah i i i like cutting the aprons and the approaches or the run-ups run-offs whatever they're called uh everyone seems to have a different name for them but um your staff numbers so so we'll we'll, we'll discuss your sort of mechanical staff in a bit owen but how many how many actual physical humans do you do you do you have on your team over there so we are 17 in total including course manager and mechanic. And then uh, yeah. so we have two mechanic and one assistant mechanic and then 14 okay. greenkeeper then. Okay. But and that's, uh, normally we are 20, yeah. but we have some open position. It's kind of complicated to find people. Oh, okay. Are you, um, are, you, are you close to sort of the local town or are you a bit out of town where you're situated? Yeah, out of town. Hello. Yeah. Are, are you uh, are you close to like um, a town or anything? Is employed or is no? No. I, I say I say we are really out of the town. Oh, so is that is that the problem? Maybe it's it's not quite so easy to get to to find the staff. There is a lot of reason why uh, we are out of the town for sure. Uh, there is no education for greenkeeper in Germany, so it's a very well a very unknown. Work. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, that's interesting. And then you know, it's it's a training job. You have to work on the weekend. You have to wake up very early, and then it's kind of not that easy to find people that want to do that nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I have some experience of that myself. I mean, I know when I was a eighteen-year-old greenkeeper, it, uh, my first my first six months in greenkeeping, I didn't have to work the weekends because uh, I was the apprentice, so to speak. But then, but then I had to start working the weekends, and I didn't particularly enjoy it at first for a while. Uh, but there you go. But um, so, so that's your staff numbers. But you also, um, you're quite famous, sir, and for your mechanical staff, aren't you? Your robot mowers. Yeah, we are. Um, so when you have only seventy people to maintain two hundred hectare, you know. Yeah. You quickly do the mathematics that that's gonna have 
that's going to be really hard. And then, um, so so for this reason, and for many many other reasons, of course, we decide uh, to introduce some robot. Yeah. So now we have two courses that is all the fairway are maintained by robot. Excellent. And you, I see you have some of the, the larger models, but did you start with the small Husqvarna ones? Is that the, the ones you started with? Not at all. Um, we actually start with a robot that's called Big Mo. Okay. It's, uh, they are mainly made for a uh, driving wrench because they got protection for the blades so they don't, don't damage the ball. Okay. And they are, you know, they look like the Husqvarna one, but they are one and a half meter wide yeah. and they they weigh 70 kilo, so they are much bigger. Yeah. You know, it's called the big mo for something. And then, uh, so in 2018, we installed uh, the big mo, uh, end of 2018 or 2019. And then um, for the driving range, and then we were so stunned by the result. We were like, oh, we have to do that on the rest of the course. But the problem at the time, there was no robot available to mow at 10 millimeter like we wanted. Okay. And then, so we were waiting and waiting. And and then one day I got the information that Usvarna released the, what they call the fairway kit that can go from 20 to 10 millimeter. And we were like, oh, it's go time. So we just buy, we just buy one first yeah. to test it. And then we did the test for like four months in one of the fairway. And after that, we were like, Okay, let's scale the the two courses right now. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, and it's. I mean, I see from your obviously from your social media, it's it's been a very successful experiment, hasn't it? It is. Oh, we actually look to expand it even more. Yeah. Uh, so um, it saves it saves you money, does it? The robot mowers. Uh, that's a tricky situation. Question. Um, it's, it's really up to the golf courses. Uh, some golf courses will not hire someone like a summer guy. Yeah. So they will definitely save on the wage. But uh, where you save for sure is in parts or it's in maintenance. Yeah. Because you don't need to be, you, your mechanic don't need to be spending his time for that. And you, there is no parts. There is nothing in the robot, basically. Okay. And, then, uh, and you save a lot in diesel, like a lot. In diesel, of course, it's crazy. And then, but you know, it's not only the reason. Economic is not the only reason why you buy a robot. There is like environ environmental and uh, cool factor, to be honest. Yeah. Well, and then well, uh, sustainability, and then agronomic benefit, uh, which is with an asterisk on that one. Yeah. And then, uh, but you know, like. So what's the when you have a short when you have a short staff like us, you want to do more with less. So you kind of need to hire some robot so you can relocate the staff. So you're not saving on their wage, but you are actually doing more with less people. Like now we can have more time on the greens or have more time doing sprinklers. Yeah. Things we 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 had barely any time before. Yeah. Uh, so are they? Um, I haven't I haven't investigated them much, but are they are they solar powered then, Erwin? Uh, so they are not solar powered, but there is a company in the UK called AutoCut, which I'm working with, and they do solar panel uh, station. Okay. So I got one solar panel station here. Yeah. And then uh, so it was a, a test for us to see how, how efficient is it, and we are actually talking about 
you know, 50 more units. So, crikey. So you're going to be you're going to be fully automated probably this time next year if I speak to you then. Uh, I can't say yes, I can't say no, but uh, that's the plan. Excellent. Okay, well, I think, I mean, that, that's, that was really interesting, Owen, and to sort of cover that on the golf course side of things. But um, obviously, there's, there's another side to your social media post, and that's your, um, that's your ongoing battle with um, bipolar disorder. Um, so if, if, if you wouldn't mind talking a bit about that, um, would you be able to sort of give, give us a, 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 an explanation of the illness? Sure. Um, so bipolar disorder is a non-curable mental illness. Uh, it's a mood disorder, actually. Yeah. It's characterized by a dramatic shift in the mood and the behavior, the judgment. Um, but they are slow change. Like they are not one minute you're okay, second minute you're ty- you, you crying. They are like four days you're in, four days you're out, two months you're going to be in the manner two weeks, you're going to be depressed. You know, it's a very slow change. Okay. But they're extreme. Okay. Uh, there is two different mood, well, state, and that's called mania. So mania is when you are uh, elevated, like you are wired. You have unlimited energy. Uh, you think you're the best. You think you're genius. Yeah. Uh, you're going you're gonna to spend all your money. You're going to do breakless shit. Um, mania, mania is crazy. Like really, and then uh, the other state is the opposite. It's yeah. depression. Uh, very, actually, very in, in bipolar, yeah, in bipolar we talk about major depressive episode. So it's different than depression. Yeah, but you know, in the it's a very low period where you have suicidal thoughts. Yeah, uh, you can't get out of the bed. You have no energy. You can't, you can't eat. Or you, you know, you or you eat too much. It's one or the other yeah. uh, is really is the opposite. And then there is a third state, but it's not officially a state. It's called mixed episode. Right. And then here you win the lottery. It's both of them at the same time. Oh, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so it's, um, and, and do you, so uh, within yourself, you're, are you either up or down or when you're in the, if you're in the middle, is that, is that, achieved through medication to get onto the level ground uh i would say yes so you you're not always in a state yeah the the, the middle is called the hyphen and then uh, you can have a, a manic episode for six months then nothing for two years and then you can have another depressive episode later i am uh, what's called uh fast pacing bipolar yeah so basically i i am switching very fast and i'm always in a state uh right now i'm in the mixed episode at the moment and then uh, but if you so my only solution to be stable is to go through medicine okay and that's um and that's in the form of tablets daily or more than once a day twice a day maybe um so i got uh five different tablets which make t- 10 pills a day. Okay. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a lot of tablets, Owen, isn't it? So it is. It's a, uh, so I got antidepressant. I got antipsychotic, J first generation, antipsychotic second generation. Yeah. I got sleeping meds and then I got a uh, mood stabilizer. 
Okay, and I suppose the sleeping tablets are essential, obviously, whether you're having a positive or a bad or, or as you say, a, a mixed day. Um, you must, I suppose, um, in the past, you must have really struggled with your sleeping, probably up for days on end, maybe. So exactly. Um, sleep is the very first things they try to fix in bipolar. Okay. Because if you don't sleep, you're going to go in mania. And if you go in mania, you're going to go really high. But the problem is you're going to go really low after that. Okay. So it's, it's soon where to try to fix the happiness first. But the problem is if you go too happy, you're going to go too unhappy. <laughs> so, so it's like the so for me, if you, go, if you go too high one side, then you're going to come down too low on the other side. Exactly. And then, uh, so for me, in 2018, it was the spike of my mania. Yeah. And I was up for five days. You will find me at work for multiple days at once. I will not even go home in between. And you, no sleep, nothing. And during these periods, you feel you feel happy with within yourself, and you feel happy with extra energy, or it's more just the extra energy that carries you through through. Oh, you are you you are happy. Oh, wow. You 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 are elevated. You you are wired. You are like uh, sometimes people think I'm on cocaine because I am so excited, you know? <laughs> and then it's not even a joke. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 can, I can understand, yeah. And then, uh, and then um, you, you, you are so happy. It's like, I, I, I say to people, it's like being on a drugs. You are shooting yourself with adrenaline, you know, yeah. with, with happiness hormone too. You need more, 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 more. You you up for two days, or you're gonna be up for three days because you need more. You love that stuff. Yeah. And then it's it's a very bad cycle like that. And you can be up, you can be like that for months. In 2018, I was like that for six or seven months. So you almost it's, it's, you almost during this period, do you do you forget about your illness, or are you aware that at some point you will crash back down to a low? Uh, so my, in my case, I was diagnosed after that episode. Oh, so that was so, that's what highlighted it, you might say. Uh, well, the highlight was when the roller coaster came down. Yeah. Then I was I was so suicidal. I was like, hey, I, I told to my boss, I was like, hey, I need help. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I need to go to the hospital and then well, to the therapist. And the therapist sent me to the hospital. Yeah. Which sent me to another hospital, and then. Uh, and then they were like, oh, you bipolar. And and I haven't been manic since, uh, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, medically speaking, it's a bad thing because I miss it very much. Of course, you've experienced that, that mega high. Uh, and then you've since then, you've been on the sort of on the low, which so it, it's just natural to, to want to, to have that to be back in the good place, Erwin. It kind of gives you super power, you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm, a, I'm a young person and I already got a good job and I've been working for the most private course in the world before. Yeah. You know, like, I I was able to do these things because I was always in mania, so I can work like two people, like three people sometimes. Yeah. And then it gives you, give you an advantage in life when you are controlling the mania. But the problem is, as soon as you got out of control, you can end up in the hospital. The, 
you know you can lose your sense of reality um it's a uh, there is two types of bipolar, bipolar one and bipolar two. Yeah. The difference is how high you go. So bipolar two is called hypomania. Bipolar one is called mania. In my case, I'm bipolar two. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't mean one is better than the other one because there are few differences for bipolar two as well. Yeah. Um, but in bipolar one, they go so high, they only stop when they go to the hospital. They think they are God. They go naked outside, and you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like in many cases, they have to call the police to stop and control them. This is, you know, is wanting to be in mania is like playing with fire. Yeah, his heart is good, but one day he burn. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 so in, in, interesting to hear you to, to hear you talk about it, uh, and. Uh, you mentioned the the suicidal thoughts. It's obviously a very sensitive subject. But um, did you did you just wake up one day when you were coming down and sort of had these thoughts that you you might not you you know you might not want to be alive anymore? Then, um, well, actually, it's been since I'm a teen. When I was at school, I was always thinking before. Yeah. You know, those passive thoughts, you know, like, like, oh, it would be better if I was dead or I should commit suicide. Or, but with no active plan or anything, yeah. it's just somewhere in your mind. It's, it's, it's in the background. And then it was like that for years and years. And then, and then there was nothing for five years because I was manic. So, of yeah. course, I did not have the suicidal things. And then when I crashed down, uh, I, had, I had those thoughts again. But for the first time, there was a plan. That was actually an active plan, you know. I was like, it it takes time to make a plan. You don't wake up one morning being like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, today I'm gonna kill myself like that. Yeah. And then, in my in my mind, I was like, oh, I need to kill myself. That was first step. Second step, I was like, where do I do it? Because you want to find a safe place to do that because you don't want to be disturbed in that moment. Okay. And then. Then step three, it was like, how you do it? And then that was the worst things for me because everything I was doing in life, I had the second question, can I kill myself with that? Like one day I was uh, uh, cycling some ropes for the traffic on the golf course, you know? Yeah. And I was, I was, I was like, this rope would be perfect to hang myself. And that's, that's the exact moment where I was like, there is something wrong. I need some help. Yeah, uh, and you, 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 you recognised it, and you got the help, which is which is excellent, Erwin. And you know, you're obviously still very successful. Like you? you're you're working through it, and uh, I, I assume those thoughts are still there every now and again. And uh, are you able to are you able to manage those thoughts better now, as as you as you understand your illness? Uh, better obviously you you've just described bipolar to us excellently uh but uh, do you do you find you you're 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 able to manage things better now as 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 you understand yourself better um so right right now it's easier to know in which mood i am okay uh i you know i can finally understand what is going on with me yeah because when you wake up and you are manic and you are wired you just be like Okay, that's cool. I don't know why, but that's cool. And then 
then the next week you wake up and you depress, you'll be like, why? I have done nothing. And and no, I can be like, oh, okay, I feel it coming. That's some first sign. Yeah. I haven't been sleeping for two days. Okay, I have to be careful not to not to fuel the fire. You know, I have, okay, let's be more careful. Um, the suicidal thought is very complicated because they are they're still here. Yeah. Uh, they will probably still here forever. Okay. Um, uh, but I have the chance to be on a good medication, which is called lithium. And then um, I'm, in a, I'm not in depression anymore. So I don't feel that... Uh, I, I, I don't believe these thoughts anymore. I know they're here, but I, I don't grasp to them. Yeah. I'm just like... I let I let them speak in my head. That's okay. that's it. I don't I don't stick to them. I know. So that's that's the change. I know with my experience of anxiety, which is which is it's certainly not as as bad as your bipolar. But I know my anxiety is so much worse when I'm tired, and if I do a lot of weekends back to back at work or if I'm staying up late watching the telly or playing my Xbox for two or three weeks, I, I, I know my anxiety becomes, becomes worse. And what I've learned probably better in the last six to eight months is if I give myself, you know, every opportunity, I, I, we have to work weekends in our profession, but if there's an opportunity for me to, to have a weekend off, it does me so much good. Um, and I feel so much better for just doing, you know, every a weekend, one in three, one in four. But if I do three weekends back to back, I know I'm going to be, you know, when sort of day 21, 22 work at work, I know I'm going to be struggling. But I, I understand. I understand. Uh, I am the absolute opposite. Uh, in, in any state I am, yeah, it's very bad if I stop. Because okay. uh, if I am manic, I got I gotta go work. It's you know like I gonna I gonna implode if I don't stop. <laughs> so I got to go to work, and I gonna work fifteen hours each day of the weekend, maybe more. Yeah. For six or seven weekend in a row, and then uh, and if I am depressed, I need to move. I need to do something, not to stay on my bed. Yeah. You know like. So it's very important for me to to actually. It's it's. I know it's unhealthy. We had this discussion before with my boss, uh, but working is my coping mechanism. Yeah, it's where I feel safe. It's it's where I understand what is going on because I, you know, don't want to brag, but I know what I'm doing at work. Yeah, of uh, course. So so it's my safe place more than my home, yeah. and then overworking is is my go to. Okay, and then you kind of, that's when you have to, so maybe um, your boss would then come to you and say, look, Erwin, you're doing too much, but then you explain to him that if you go home and stay in bed, things get worse, so you have to then try to come to an understanding between the two of you, do you? He, he, he has to try and let you work a little bit, but not too much. It is, it is. Um, actually, for the story, he tried to warn me when I was manic in 2018. We had we had multiple discussions where he would come to me and be like, Erwan, what's going on? You're working too much. <laughs> <laughs> There's a problem somewhere. And I was like, everything is fine. No worries. I have total control. 
he was not. But <laughs> and then and then I came to the point where I feel offended by by his things because I was just thinking I was giving my best. Yeah. You know, I I I told him I am just doing the extra mile. He was like, "You're not doing the extra mile. You are doing a marathon." <laughs> <laughs> and then it's stuck in my head ever since. And then I was offended because I really thought I was giving my best. And why would you say that everybody would be happy when your staff is working, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I came to the point I was crying because it was hurting me. I was like, I'm sorry, but that hurt me. And then, and then when I had, when I completely crashed down, I came to him and I was like, okay, I got a problem. No, it's actually, there's a problem. You, you, you've seen it before. Yeah. Here, here it is. And then, and after that, we had discussion. Uh, we, we, we set some rules, you know, like I'm not coming to work if I don't feel like coming to work. Yeah. Uh, if I got migraines because it's part of the illness, okay. I don't come to work as well. Uh, I can't work all the time. You're going to stop me too. Uh, I've been, I've been doing some crazy hour lately. Uh, because I'm working on very interesting subject. Okay. And he came in my office yesterday and he was like, everything's okay. Are you sure it's okay? You can talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> so he's looking after me very well. Well, that's good. I mean, because, uh, because you know, with my, I know with, with my alcoholism, uh, if, if I'd have, if I'd have spoke to people, people wanted to talk to me, people knew there was a problem. Uh, but I, I didn't want to talk to them and and I probably should have talked to them about 12 months earlier and things uh, things might have been different. But I, I wasn't ready to talk. And I guess, you know, you just have to be you just have to be ready. But you and your boss, you see, you, it, it seems like you have a, um, a great understanding now, which is which is excellent. Uh, and you say the, the migraines, they're, they're an indication of, of the bipolar, are they, Erwin? Uh, they are not an indication of bipolar because some people suffer from it without being bipolar. But uh, I think there's a study saying there's 48% of bipolar people suffering from chronic migraines. Okay. So it's it's part of the illness. Uh, uh, it's, a, it's probably the worst part, to be honest. Because I can I can work if I am manic, yeah. I can work if I am depressed, but I can't do anything if I have a migraine. It's like I, there's a rule at work. Yeah. If I am sleeping, don't wake me up because I got a migraine. Okay. And it's probably the only time I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> so so we got we got that room upstairs where is the all the office for the managers. Yeah. And then we got one table for the meeting of all of us. And sometimes I just lay on the, on the, on the couch and I'm like, I'm going to stay here for two, three hours. So the medication can make effect. Yeah. And I can hear people tiptoeing when they come next to me because they don't <laughs> want to wake me up. So that's, that is so sweet. That is so sweet. <laughs> uh, I mean, that is, uh, thank you so much for explaining the, the illness to us. Owen. And, and I think, people will find listening to that you know you've been so honest and 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 it will help people understand mental health um so if if we move forward from from that a little bit um 
you're you're very you're active across social media. Um, I I I obviously got in touch with you on Twitter. I think about a year ago. Just just dropped you a little message to to say I was you know it was great that you were sharing your 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 bipolar sort of I don't know if journey is the right word but you were you were putting it out there for others to to understand but you were also allowing yourself to be judged in a way weren't you um did you did you did you did you get much I I, I would like to think it was mostly positive feedback but did you get a good reaction when you sort of made your your struggles public via sort of your social medias did you have did you have lots of lots of people messaging you he was insane. Yeah. I've never get that many messages in my life in a day. Um, and and they were all positive. People were super supportive. Yeah. Um, they were like, they they really understand how speaking of that illness was not easy for me. And they were like, it's not easy and you did it. You can be really proud. Uh, you're not alone anymore. If you need support, I'm here for you. And then, uh, and then, he actually changed my view of everything because, you know, you can have a shame to be bipolar. You don't want to tell people because there's a stigma. People think bipolar people, they are psychopaths or things like that, you know. And then, um, so you don't want to tell to everybody, hey, I'm bipolar. Yeah. And when you go on the internet and you say, hey, I'm bipolar, yeah. you're telling to everybody and you don't even know who you are telling it. Yeah. You, it's it's out there and it's here forever, you know? And then um, you Google my name, you Google bipolar, you find me immediately. And then, um, so that's the things. And then when I when I first post about it, I remember it exactly. Uh, Dr. John Dempsey actually shared uh, a thread about suicide yeah. and man. And then I... He tagged me on it, so I shared it again, and and all the evening I was feeling so bad because I was like, I am an imposter. I am sharing that that tweet about suicide and men, yeah. and I'm not even able to speak about it. It was like hypocrite, and it makes me sick. And the next day I wake up and I was like, I gonna I gonna post about that, and then so I make a post, a thread, and I was like, hey, I am bipolar. Uh, here is what is bipolar, da da da. Here is the problem, da da da. And then, uh, but everything is okay. I will make it, you know. Yeah. I and mean... then, uh, and then, then the, the support just came and it was insane. But what what was more important to me is I stopped lying. I stopped, I stopped hiding. I was in peace with myself. I was who I am, and I, and it was done forever. No, I could not hide anymore. Well, that I mean, that is, I mean, that is wonderful to hear. I mean, that that you know, that's what it's all about, really, and that's why I thought it would be brilliant to just get you on here and this little podcast. I mean, we the first one we done last week, we've only had fifty people listen to it, but maybe you know, as it grows and and people will hear your story, and you know, I'm doing this podcast because uh, I, you know, I chose to share my alcoholism on on the internet at the start of this year a few a few of my friends and my family knew i you know i was an alcoholic i wasn't i wasn't hiding it anyone who asked me i was i was happy to discuss it but but i i thought after three years sobriety do you know what perhaps my story 
you know, does need to be out there. And I, I think much like yours, I'm sure both of our stories have been beneficial to, to many people, you know, through the use of social media. And now, now this little podcast that we're recording. This is, this is exact. I got people messaging me. So I got two types of people messaging me. The first one is like, Hey, I am bipolar. And most of the time they are green keeper as well. And yeah. they are like, I'm bipolar. I've never ever met another bipolar. Can we talk about it? And then it's like, you know, we talk, we, sometimes we just talk because you just want someone to listen to you. Yeah, of course. And then sometimes sometime I am giving them tips. They are giving me tips, like how to make life easier at work because not, not everybody understands what greenkeeping is. But as a greenkeeper, I can understand other greenkeeper. And as a bipolar, I can understand other bipolar. So when they are bipolar and greenkeeper, I can understand and help them or they can help me. And then, uh, and I got another type of message is people be like, I think I got all the symptoms you are describing in your post, you know, like, what should I do? Yeah. And I'm like, well, that the first step, you did the first step already, self-awareness, second step, go see a therapist, you know? And then if you, once you got a diagnosis, if it's positive or negative, come back to you, to me and I will, we will talk about it. I will give you tips things i've learned and things like that so you've been you've been helpful to me you've been helpful to a lot of people too yeah i mean that and that's what it is isn't it i mean i've had i haven't had many messages since i've started writing my blog but i've i've had a few messages sort of people getting in touch and and that's it i've you know that's it i've said you've 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 made the first you've got in touch with somebody uh if it's you know if you're slightly concerned about how you're feeling or if you think you might be drinking a little bit too much, just message, you know, people have messaged me and I, I was, I was talking to one person in particular and I, I don't think, um, I think after a few messages, it was, it was apparent they were, they were worrying a bit too much about their drinking. Um, I don't, I don't think they were really, I mean, who am I to say what is too much, but after chatting with me, I think, I think they felt better. Uh, and and that's you know a, a, just a, a small thing, but, uh, and and it's good that anyone can you know, especially on the social media now, anyone can drop you a DM if they want to, and uh, hopefully we can sort of be helpful in in our replies, Erwin. Definitely, um, it's, it's 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 all about it. It's all about it. Okay, well, do you know what, Erwin? I think I think we've covered everything I had written down. Was Was there anything else that you wanted to discuss while 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 you're on here now, or, or uh, are you happy to happy to call that a day? Well, you know, I think we we cover everything we say we wanted to speak about it, and then uh, I'm just happy to say thank you for, for having me here and being able to talk about bipolar, greenkeeping, and robot. Uh, to give me a, a place for that, and it was uh, an honor to be here, to be the second guest ever. Uh, and it's been an absolute honor to, to to hear you speak so openly, honestly, and you know, knowledgeably about you about your illness and and your greenkeeping and your wonderful robot, Erwin. So I tell you what, we'll say I will say thank you very much for being my guest. I wish you all the best in the future, and um, hopefully one day we'll speak again soon, Erwin. I hope so. Well, what an emotional and inspiring chat that was with Erwin. Um, 
a young man who has progressed quickly uh, and massively within the, the industry, our industry of greenkeeping, uh, while battling a, a huge demon that is the bipolar disorder. Um, a disorder that has left Erwin at times questioning whether he wanted to be alive or not. Uh, the strength to, to battle that daily and those awful migraines that he that he mentioned uh, must be must take huge strength. So so really, all I'd like to say again is thanks, Erwin, for joining me and being so frank and open about your your battles with bipolar. Uh, and I really enjoyed the early part of the the podcast where we talked a bit of greenkeeping and the the robot mowers. I wish you all the best with that going forward and your career and the battle with the disorder. Um, I hope everyone listening to this can take something away uh, from from the podcast. Um, We're all battling something. Uh, Most of us probably choose not to share it. Um, Erwin has chosen to and I'm very thankful. Uh, And I hope you guys are too in in a way that maybe it's opened your eyes up to to the disorder and and people's battle with mental health thanks again for listening